One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> that clap sounded pretty good. Halfway actually. decent. Oh, it felt bad to me. Oh, really? Yeah, it's awful to me. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Something that's been that's been troubling me that makes no sense, but I'm going to tell you is um, when we do this, I realized that the only the only person who gets to say the number their number their first number and then the number that's twice their first number is the last person. Mm-hmm. And in my head, everyone should do that. Oh, but that's not how it works. Mm. Yeah. Like if you're yeah, yeah, if you're yeah, two, yeah. you should also be four. If you're three, you should be six. Because all those numbers are there, you know? <laughs> that's true. That's they, true. It's unfair. The numbers don't go anywhere for sure. It just doesn't it just doesn't sit right. <laughs> and that's all. We should take this up with big numbers. <laughs> big uh N-U-M-B-3-R-S. There it is. Thank you. <laughs> now that is a name of like a great rapper i feel like big numbers big numbers big numbers yeah and big big, big numbers will walk you through his spreadsheets <laughs> i think and let, let me tell you about these spreadsheets Let's turn to Gable now. Gable, you have made your way down to the beach because you were going to kind of directly confront the Mariner's forces. What, what What's that like? Like, where are you? We've got these drowned sailors who are making their way across the beach. A couple of them have crossed over this bridge area where the water is still running. Uh, it's not exactly ice, but there is this, they're just able to walk over this patch of water. Most of them still have to ascend the staircases, but uh, one of the Mariner's heralds, Lelorna, has taken a contingent of sailors and dropped them in the city. So, like, being confronted with these different battle lines, uh, with these two smaller ships that have made landfall on the beach, what's Gable thinking of doing? I still can't picture, is this built like a tiered city, like Lord of the Rings style like there's the beach and the cove and then it goes up and up and up. So not Lord of the Rings style. I'm I'm trying to think of an analogous uh thing. Like imagine a sort of wedged cove where there is like kind of uh pointed at an interior angle there is this rise and plateau. And kind of on that rise of the plateau, there is the skyship docks and then built up higher onto the hill with a smaller plateau, there is the main area of town. 
And then as the hills go up, there are different homes and whatnot that have been built onto the side of those hills. And there are these kind of winding pathways moving back and forth across uh, that allow people to get into their homes. Um, So the city, you know, keeps going up uh, and like... I don't know if you've ever driven up a mountain or anything, uh, but if if you do, most of the highways are built in these like moving uh, back and forth slalom slopes, like slowly escalating up. The city and like homes and whatnot are kind of built on those areas that would be in between the roads. Like these steep, uh, sheer sides have these homes built into them, and they've got these pathways that cross back and forth up uh, that allow people to get into their homes. And wherever there is like kind of a plateau uh, of any kind, like there are common spaces. And like the main thrust of town is built on one of those. Those plateaus. Gotcha. Perfect. So all I'm the only forces that have made landfall are the ones that were pursuing John, as far as I can see. Correct? Not quite. So like it, they. So I described that area of like the pla- that first plateau uh, where the skyport is. Beneath that, there's like kind of a steep hill with th- these steep staircases. And then there is a patch of dry land with a river kind of running through it. And on the other side of the river is what is normally very kind of marshy, sunken land. And so like very shortly beyond the river, there is uh, the shrine to the luminaries. And then shortly far out from that, there is the entrance to the sea cave. And then there is this, like, Cove Bay that has this very marshy land, and these two ships have rolled up into this cove and made landfall against the marshy land. And currently, there are a bunch of drowned sailors who are disembarking from these vessels and crossing that marshy land and coming in front of this river. And now this huge procession of sailors kind of has to cross the river. So Ryan Lochte and his buddies are currently on the beach side of the river. They're they're away from Nordia, pulling people into like kind of a marshy forest so that they can fight them one by one and pull away some of those forces. The rest of them are all moving to where the bridge used to be and to where Lelorna has staged this spell that is allowing them to cross the water. And once they get across that water, they still have to ascend these steep staircases to this first plateau. And what Lelorna has done is driven a reverse waterfall up the middle of the plateau and just dropped herself and like a contingent of drowned sailors on top of the plateau. The rest of the army is going to have to actually climb the staircases with the barricades and whatnot in order to make their way into the town. Thank you. That helped quite a bit. It helps when you actually take the time to describe things instead of just have it in your mind and expect everybody to read it. Just project it (laughs) astrally to us. Seeing, I I assume Gable saw Lorna do their great magics. I think our intention here 
is to going to be to split the army and hold as many as we can at the stairs at the barracks um, mm-hmm. because the more less we make it into the city, the better. And also just to have two battlefronts to d- distract the mariner, kind of split his forces. So I think we are going to – and I don't think Gables by themselves. I think they have a, at least two or three people with them. Good, good, good. And they're going to make their way from the beach at the first set of stairs, at the first set of barricades. Okay, cool, cool. So you you kind of maneuver people in front of the barricades is is yeah. where you're going to be fighting? Okay, cool. So we'll say that this is on the main staircase that connects Lower Nordia to Upper Nordia. It was probably the most difficult staircase to get a real barricade across. Uh, I think in the last you know, episodes, we described Jonnet's efforts to barricade some of the smaller staircases and pathways. Uh, I, I think the plan essentially became, let's funnel them to this main staircase because it will be the hardest to barricade and kind of the easiest to have a big melee on. So you've got this contingent of Uhuru pirates on this big staircase and you like, I think the thunder uh, crashes and lightning strikes. And in the lightning strike, you can see spread out before you this huge wave of drowned sailors, this procession that is making their way from the bridge towards this main staircase. Trying to decide who I have with me. Hmm. Yeah, whose life do you want to risk? <laughs> Let's just. Could we randomly pick a few? Uh, yeah. So here, here's the thing: if you want to risk specific people, when you have them do crew actions, it will put them at greater risk and you at greater risk for taking crew casualties. But it will also increase like their ability to do things. You can okay. also say, "I've got a nebulous contingent of people," and what will happen is, as damage is taken, we'll do that random roll, and if it hits a crew member, that crew member will take damage, and we'll just say. Oh, yeah, a begrudging Barry was always there. I think the nebulous group makes more sense to me because all the people that I care about are on the boat. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I'll go with. Cool. Uh, so what does is, what is Gable look like facing down this horde of people, and what is Gable going to do? So we've met a drowned sailor, right? We know what they smell like. Yeah, yeah. You and Jonnet uh, defeated mm-hmm. one in the town square, making you town heroes. Yeah. I re- remember last se- last session you said something about them being like very rancid. So be- yeah, before uh, the battle starts, we had a tin of basically menthol menthol jelly. Mm-hmm. So everyone who is on the ground has like taken a little bit and put it under their nose to kind of overcome the smell that's it it doesn't really have a whole lot of impact on fighting abilities but it keeps people standing Mm -hmm. and while they're doing that everyone has also i think everyone's got like scarves they're called gators i guess like to put over their faces Mm -hmm. when they need it because (laughs) uh so everyone is like have like we have a regular protection but also extra protection and then after that, we're 
really just sort of waiting. Oh, uh, this Gable's, this yeah. rules though. Like I, I'm seeing the image in my head now because Gable is wearing their new oilskin slicker that has these two rad capes like dangling off the back as the wind is whipping across this staircase. And in the lightning flash, we can also see Gable with this gator pulled up over their nose and mouth, staring hard-eyed down into the darkness against what their opponents will be. So, yeah, there's like the the capes are are flying in the wind. Um, (laughs) uh, Where is Gable's sword at right now? Uh, Because Gable has two swords. Big one or small? (laughs) Yeah. Is it the, the big one or the little one? Big one is still on the back. Mm-hmm. A little one is sort of idly at their side, and they are taking a moment to drag it through the sand in front of the barricades, mm-hmm. just kind of pacing back and forth, a little bit bored, but a little bit ready and like drawing a physical line in the sand. And then I think they get tired of waiting. Cool. They turn to the crew. Give them a nod and then run. I like this. I like this a lot. I am going to say, if you're going to do that, what I'm going to do is kind of interrupt your turn with their turn, but this is going to favor you because what's happening, the drowned sailor forces were going to make an attack against you and uh, it was going to be a ranged attack. So instead of just attacking you, what's going to happen is... They're going to attack you, but they're going to have penalties to it because they were planning on attacking your position and you've decided to lead an early charge. So now they're desperately going to have to fire off their ranged attack uh, in order to try and hit you. So I'm going to roll for that. So they succeeded in their attack, but with a disadvantage. So what happens, you see this procession of drowned sailors moving towards you and Gable like is, is pacing, dragging their sword through the sand. And then maybe it's instinct. Maybe it is the eyes of an angel on you. Whatever reason, Gable decides to move early. And lightning flashes again, lighting up the darkness. And you can see that the mariners have readied harpoons, uh, that they are preparing to fire on your position. So as you lead the charge, those harpoons, which would have fallen squarely in the middle of your group, are now scattered out over this line of charging people. And their uh, effects are going to be downgraded somewhat. You're going to have four damage coming at you. Four? Oh, God. All right. Well, four, four, four in total. Uh, there's your soak first to consider. I think your soak is three. Yes. Soak is the brawn, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. So your soak is three. So it is one damage one total damage. coming at you. 
these harpoons fire up into the air. These nasty iron spikes flying through the air, each of them rusted and degraded by the sea, but only in ways that make them sharper and, well, perhaps not sharper, but uh, more jagged and miserable. Many of them crash against the stone steps of Nordia harmlessly, shattering their points as they fall. However, one point gets through, and Liz, what I'm going to let you decide, I know you marked it on your sheet, but you can either send this at Gable, or you can commit it against the small portion of crew that is with you right now. I'll take it. Okay, yeah. So, uh, I'm a big boy. There's a harpoon that falls, that sails over Gable's shoulder and strikes the ground next to you, and it shatters, and as it shatters, a small bit of metal flies through the air and impacts Gable. You're you're essentially hit with uh, some shrapnel from this uh, spear tip just shattering on impact. So not a big wound, but letting you know that the fight is dangerous. Now we'll return to your action as as you charge down into these folks. How many? Uh, so there is nebulously a lot. If you <laughs> want, <laughs> if you want to commit to uh, attacking specific ones, uh, what we can do is just have that count towards your damage. As you like, I want to target three boys, and if you succeed, you'll take out three entire boys. I think I just want to hit one boy. Okay, so you're just... I want to see how easy it is. Okay. Okay, can we get a clean take of that? I just want one boy. (laughs) I want to hit one boy. I I just want to hit one boy. Uh, Can you slate, please, on that? (laughs) Uh, My name is Liz Anderson. Yes, thank you. Uh, I would like to hit one boy to see how easy it is. (laughs) Great, great. Thank you. Uh, Casey, I'm sure we'll appreciate that. Uh, Cool. (laughs) So uh, you're, you're going to target one. Uh, so yeah. I want you to add a blue die to this, but you're rolling against two purple dice as it is a melee attack. What is that blue dice for? Uh, that blue die is because you charged. So and now you, I know, have a bunch of cool abilities uh, yes. that you've got. So please uh, I- explain how those are impacting the roll so, so the audience can Lordy, lordy, it. look who's 40. So this is light melee. Uh, actually, for this one, the only thing I'm adding is Duelist. Cool. But that's just one blue die. But the rest of it is... This is... <laughs> oh, no. Um, Uh-oh. Oh, no, it's fine. Uh-oh. We're fine. Yeah, I would be surprised if uh, <laughs> this didn't go well. That's four successes and an advantage. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was the... Yeah, you're like, this, that could, boy. this could go way too good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you are easily going to kill. Oh, I didn't even add the dice for the sword, right? The die for the. What, I, what? No, I need you to clarify for me how you roll your weapons. Okay. Whenever you're constructing a melee roll for your weapons, always refer to the weapon listed there. Your great sword, I know, has special abilities. I don't know if we yeah. gave one for uh, your other we sword, did not. though. Well, okay, yeah, it was the same dice pool. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll decide if there are any special properties to this Nordian sword in a bit. Like, it can, we can say, give you 
an extra advantage against the the forces of the mariner as that is kind of the situation that the the blacksmith was anticipating um if, if you like that other otherwise we can come up with something else later well let's let's figure it out later i think okay. four is excessive cool. so you are coming down the stairs uh and laid out i, I think the the harpoons that they had unleashed, they kind of had to set them up, uh, set them against the ground in order to fire them. I picture it looking a little bit like mortar fires, like, like they have to plant it in the ground and it fires up in an arc and then sinks down as it hits the ground. You have, uh, you, you just impact the people on this front line. And I, I think perhaps you even spring over the drowned sailors who had set up the harpoons and you jump right to the one that uh, appeared to give the order to fire. And I think Gable slices him cleanly in half. And what I'm going to do, you did four damage, uh, which removes one full boy of strength worth from the Mariner's forces. Also, you, you got two successes on this. What I'm going to say is in the four Mariner's... Four successes, James. Yeah, oh, four successes. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. So in, in the Mariner's fleet, there are people who are in leadership positions. Uh, when Gable did scouting earlier and kind of looked at the malevolent web of the Mariner's influence, they saw what looked like uh, this mass of tentacles that almost looked like a collection of nerves or veins that all branched out from a central location and hit other central locations, branching their tendrils onto uh, other individual drowned sailors. So there are these clustered at focal points. There are these group leaders who carry down the influence of the mariners throughout the rank of uh, drowned sailors. So You've taken out a leader in this. So right now, their connection to their mariner's marks is faded a little bit. It's not as effective as it would normally be in different situations. So this group, as you're fighting against them, you will have another blue die to your abilities. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So how many blues do you have right now? Uh, it depends. I, I can only use duelist... If it's a one-on-one. -on -one. Gotcha. Um, but that's in addition to the blue dive. Are, are we keeping the blue dive from the surprise attack or no? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, no, 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 no. That, that was just no, no. for okay. your first attack. Um, okay. Because that was the surprise. Okay. Sounds good. And then, okay. All right. <laughs> so, yeah. G Gable uh, has led the charge of the Uhuru crew just falling down on these uh, mariners who have set up their uh, harpoons to assault that barricade. You can see uh, that although none of the harpoons struck true against uh, Uhuru pirates uh, that were defending the line, some of the harpoons did sink into the barricades. Like, thunk, thunk, uh, we can 
see those harpoons uh, sinking into the bags of grain and barrels and other things that have been set up on the barricades. And while uh, some of the sailors drop what they're doing and jump into the fight, other ones uh, with a sort of automatic puppeted look that looks, I think, a little bit similar to the sort of rough, jerky movements that zombies that Dref would raise like in a pinch would have where mm. you know they're not very certain of mm. how their muscles work or whatnot they heave on these lines and start pulling the barricades down and water washes down the staircase as bits of this barricade allow the water to get through as uh, the path becomes clearer in front of them but they are very much still engaged in this melee fighting Gable and all the pirates that Gable has brought to the battle Hey heroes, it's James, your game master, and welcome to the mid-roll. Heroes, this is it. The big announcement we've been waiting to make basically since the beginning of the show. The Kickstarter for the soundtrack album to Campaign Skyjacks is going to launch next month on September 8th. Some of you already knew that the album is on the way because you joined us on our mailing list or you back us on Patreon. And if you supported us through one of those channels, you've already got a preview of the album coming up. I am so excited to share it with everyone else. Arnie Parrott, the brilliant musician who has composed and performed nearly every song you've heard on Skyjacks, has worked hard over the past two years, creating a brand new folk tradition for a fictional world. Lyrically and musically, it is an incredible project, and he really deserves to be rewarded for that. Way back when we first paid Arnie to commission these songs, we agreed to a 50% profit-sharing model if we ever decided to distribute this music as an album. Which means, even though Arnie was already paid to create these songs, if the Kickstarter does well, he's gonna get a lot more. Our hope is to make that album a huge success, not only to help Arnie during a very financially unsure time, but to give One Shot the resources to turn around and take the profits from this album and use it to make more incredible music. If you are one of the people who has been waiting for months and months for news about the album, it is finally here. You can head to bit.ly slash callofthesky.ks, that's call of the sky, K as in the letter K and S as in the letter S, which will take you to our Kickstarter pre-launch page. There, you'll be able to sign up for a notification to find out the second the project goes live. And for extra insurance, you can also join us on the Skyjacks mailing list by heading to bit.ly slash skyjackscrew. We'll also be sending out a notification there. No matter what, please, please join us on Tuesday, September the 8th for the launch of our Kickstarter. And help us make the first volume of the Skyjacks soundtrack, Skyjacks, Call of the Sky, the success I know it can be. Before we get to the show, I want to take a quick moment and thank some of our backers on Patreon. MJ Wallace, thank you so much. Rebecca Testa, thank you. Stephanie Moore, thank you very much. Viv, thank you. And for a name correction, Kelly Pelesny, thank you so much. 
Thanks again to everyone who supports us on Patreon. It's only through Patreon support that we had the money to commission Arnie for songs in the first place. So in a way, we wouldn't have been able to make our album without you. Now with all of that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. I want to check in with Travis and Margaret. All right. Uh, so so we're, <laughs> we're just trying to hunt down Gable. Okay. If you're trying to hunt down Gable, uh, there are two options. Basically, you were being pursued up this narrow staircase by a bunch of drowned sailors. So technically, Gable is back the other way through those sailors. But if you, you know, move up across this barricade, you can cut across Lower Nordia and make your way to that main staircase and join the battle to fight in that position. That feels like the better option than trying to go through. I I think that very much tactically is the better option for you. Um, So we'll cut to you like uh, pulling yourselves over this barricade or or there wasn't a barricade set up here yet i I think uh last recording jonnet had mentioned something about there being an unstuck area for you to get back into the city so right now the thing that you're dealing with is you're ascending a very uneven staircase that is also very old as water is gushing down draining from upper nordia into lower nordia i want a Average athletics check to have you and Margaret pull pull yourselves through this water. Athletics, you say? Yes. <laughs> heard, heard of it. Now that that one that one starts with an A. It's athletics br. Okay, I see. Oh, oh, I, 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 Travis is not a very athletic boy. <laughs> <laughs> Extremely weak. Ah, oh, art imitates life. I see. How difficult was <laughs> Which, it? <laughs> Uh, it was average, so two purple. Okay. And yet Travis is always the first one to jump off a bird. <laughs> well, that's not athletics. That's style. Yeah. <laughs> style. My style skill is through the roof. Yeah, that is a bad one. That's one, uh, f- one failure and two threats. Mm. Oops. That's an oops. Oh, is James frozen or just in shock? Who, no, James can't hear you. James, we can't hear you. James, we can't hear you. Oh. James? Oh. Uh-oh. Liz is the host. I'm the host now. Oh. Oh, the power. What, is the, what does being a host mean? Oh, I had uh, security. You are the GM. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> what so do I take do us now? through this. Help. Tra- Travis, a big uh, Volkswagen Beetle with a three <laughs> on the front, drives up. His name is Herbie. It's up to you. Do you want to get in Herbie? <laughs> uh, I get in Herbie. Okay. Uh, Herbie eats you from the inside. Yes. Uh, yes. Is there Herbie Vor? No, he's back. Um, James, we've we actually stumbled onto something much better. So Please, yeah, if we pretend we can't hear James, we can keep talking about Herbie Vor. <laughs> 
when you get inside a herbie, is it for? That is a great question. Probably yes. <laughs> so I searched for Herbie the Love Bug Vore. No, Johnny. Absolutely the first thing that popped up is a link to a video called Herbie Vore, which is very funny when you say it quick. Then in parentheses, not clickbait. So <laughs> as opposed to all the promising. clickbait <laughs> Herbie Vore. <laughs> I'm sick. I'm sick of this fucking fake herbivore. The baits and switches. Anyway, we we're playing man? a game, I suppose. <sighs> okay, cool. So Johnny was in the middle of telling me a result on his athletics role. Um, yeah. So I I think that the conclusion we've reached is yes. When you enter Herbie the Love Bug, it is four. <laughs> That's the result. <laughs> oh, good. It's good to know which episode that will be the little front amuse bouche for. <laughs> the little, little pre roll joke. The Pete Casey um, puts in got, a snack. I got. You know, pff, the only snack I need is me getting in Herbie's fucking dormouth. Stop you know? it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I need you to. I need you to Did you say dormouth? <laughs> Does that mean Herbie has four mouths? Yeah, and I Five. mean, or, mm. yep, he's got the trunk. Oh, that's the tr the trunk is uh, that's reverse vor. It, wait a minute, uh, I don't stop. think is a traditional VW bug a two is a four. Uh, door they're two. Car? They're two door. They're, they're two, two door. door. So right, it's correct. So it's three mm. mouths. I don't four. think the trunk is a mouth. Okay, is that a butt? I think it's a butt. And the troubling <laughs> thing about Herbie is his butt is in the front. Yeah, it's a front <laughs> butt. <laughs> Herbie has a front butt. Herbie got Please, can we play butt. the game? Okay. No, because Herbie we really need to talk butt. more about Herbie. And here's the thing about Herbie also is we Herbie can't ignore that the VW bug is like designed for Hitler, right? So James. is Herbie yeah. a Nazi? Herbie is not a Nazi, but Hitler was very into Vor. <laughs> okay. Please play the game, please. Yes. We will play the game. We will play the game. Okay. Johnny, you were making an athletics check. What was the result of that check? I was, I, I was actually failing an athletics check. That's mm. one failure and two threats. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, so, Johnny... One of you is going to stumble and get kind of washed down the stairs a little bit. Who is it? I guess it's me. Yeah, what I think happens then, you are like ascending the stairs and a, a rush of water comes towards you you try to hold fast on the wall and continue pulling your ways upwards uh, but Travis is in front right now and Travis you can see kind of ahead of you there is an even larger wall of water that's going to be coming down so I think moving very quickly Travis essentially pulls Margaret up and tosses her to one of the sides of the wall, essentially giving her a boost to climb up and out of the way before this water washes and spits him down the staircase towards the mariners waiting below. 
you can hear Margaret call out your name over the rain and water as you are struck, sent flying backwards. Take two strain damage and one physical damage as you are knocked about the walls in this staircase on your way down. Cool. That bonked. Yeah, what a fun move for you. Uh, We'd love that for him. Sometimes uh, that's how this game works. Uh, So we take a moment to focus on Margaret as she pulls herself up to the wall. She can see where Travis has gone down as she, like, begins to maneuver her way unsteadily towards uh, one of the rooftops and without the grace that Margaret normally carries maneuvers herself down onto a pathway that was adjacent to the stairs just you would need a boost to be able to climb the the staircase wall onto this roof Uh, she can see Travis is washed down to the sailors below you can see there is very real concern and fear in her eyes at this time like she looks over uh, next to her And there is this uh, reverse waterfall, this wall of water that has flowed up the walls of Nordia. um, And she can see Lelorna and the sailors that were carried up this waterfall spilling out onto one of the rungs just above her. Uh, She very quickly lashes forward uh, with one of her hands and the waterfall, like the connection of that waterfall is severed and the water flows down. She can see like Lorna turns to give a quick look to Margaret on the rung below and gestures to some soldiers to have them meet her where the path that she'll need to take in order to get more into Upper Nordia, and she takes the rest of her contingent and moves up the city, keeping her eyes towards Jonnet. I want to move down uh, to Travis. Travis, you are getting tossed about in the water. I I think this, in many situations, you would be having flashbacks of, you know, getting drowned in the river, but you've very recently had some supernatural uh, therapy on that. So, Your head is staying remarkably calm right now in this terribly tense situation, but your body hits the bodies of drowned sailors, and luckily, they are also knocked back and down. So you're you're going to have a moment to react, uh, but you essentially get to the bottom of the staircase, uh, and you are surrounded by unsteady drowned sailors who are trying to get back up, but you will have your wits about you when we get back to you. Let's cut over to Jonnet. Jonnet, behind you in the main thoroughfare that leads into the town square, there are members of the Uhuru crew who are working with 
members of Margaret's congregation moving door to door, gathering as many people as possible and guiding them through the wind and the rain towards the docks where the Uhuru is waiting to load people. Beneath you, you can see that Lalorna has brought drowned sailors like one rung beneath you into Upper Nordia proper to invade the city. What do you do? Let's see. I'm double checking the stats on... Actually, James, if you have this, that mm-hmm. would be helpful, at least faster. I want to fan the hammer on the group of drowned sailors that are closest to me that Lalorna is sending up my way. Oh, yeah. Okay. James, I have the talents book up if you want me to look at it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you can just look at fan the hammer real quick. Uh, fan the hammer active incidental once per encounter before making a combat check with a pistol your gm has the final say on whether a weapon is a pistol or not your character may use this talent to add the auto fire quality to the pistol when resolving the check if your character Wait, does so now i need to look up auto fire <laughs> <laughs> damn it <laughs> if the, your character does the weapon runs out of ammo exactly as with an out of ammo result <laughs> okay. this talent requires more homework Okay, a weapon with auto-fire can be set to shoot in rapid succession and potentially spray an area with bolts, flechettes, whatever. The advantage in using auto-fire is that it has a chance to hit multiple targets or to hit a single target multiple times. As attacking with a weapon on auto-fire is generally less accurate, the attacker must increase the difficulty of a combat check by a purple die. The user may choose not to use auto-fire quality on a weapon. In this case, uh, they cannot trigger the quality, uh, but also do not suffer an aforementioned penalty. If the attack hits, the attacker can trigger auto-fire using two advantages... Each of these, it deals an additional hit to the target. Each of these counts as an additional hit from the weapon. That's cool. And deals base damage plus uh, the number of successes. Holy shit. This is a lot of damage. Could be. Uh, Yeah. So uh, how are you going to use this? Are you targeting a group of people or are you targeting one person? I am targeting a group of people. I, From your description, it sounded like Lalorna is further down uh, the the hill into Upper Nordia, and she's got like a battalion of drowned sailors that are closer to the top that's coming after the square slash me. I'm yes. going after those guys. Cool, cool, yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah I, I think uh, she's moving up the hill with, you know, maybe like 15 sailors, something like that. She's committed five of them to chase after Margaret, who mm-hmm. severed the waterfall and made it so she can't hoover up more sailors into the city. But the rest of them are coming towards you. So targeting them, you have the high ground, and this system is based on a Star Wars system, so that's a major <laughs> advantage. Uh, I can't be hurt. Uh, yeah, you can't be hurt, and basically Lalorna is going to lose all of her limbs in this. Mm. So you have the high ground. The range I will put you at is medium range, which I think is going to be based two purple dice we're adding a new purple die because you're fanning the hammer at this so it's a hard check Lalorna is in the fight so you're going to upgrade one of those or actually you're upgrading two of those dice so it's two red one purple yeah but you are going to have two blue dice because you have the high ground 
Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. I have seven strain. Is there any way that I can strain a little bit more and uh, uh, open my eye and use that to like upgrade something here? Okay. Uh, so I'm going to say yes. Like the action economy of, of this game is a little weird and that, well, it's not even weird. Like most games prefer you to have spells be their own actions. Uh, but I really like the idea of, you know, taking a moment and putting yourself at risk, uh, to do something very quickly. Uh, so what I'm going to say, if you spend three strain you will flash your eye open and gain a little bit of the guidance of like seeing the lines of the universe and firing where people are going to be when your bullets would get there you know what we'll take the risk uh i don't i don't have that kind of strain to be wasted (laughs) (laughs) all right not for no nameless sailors all right here we go okay Hang on. This is going to be close. Okay, so doom, boom, boom, boom. All right, so that is one success, two advantages. Boom. Oh, hell yeah. Okay, so you you are able to activate it. So this is going to be, what is the damage on your pistol? So that's going to be six. Six. So this is 12 damage. Jesus That goes Christ. into this crowd. Well, it's actually uh, 14 damage oh <laughs> that, that goes into this crowd of drowned sailors. So this is remarkably going to have to change uh, Lalorna's tactics, which I oh really, really like. So Jonnet... Has uh, Lalorna like flicked off uh, some people to ascend them after Margaret? Jonnet, like you watched that whole thing with Travis and Margaret. You were making eye contact with Lalorna before. So, like, she turns back to you, and like, you can feel the threatening menace of her presence and the cold tickle on your palm of the Mariner's mark as she looks at you. Getting eye contact from Lorna brings you closer to the Mariner than you have ever been before. Even when you fought him on the spirit plane, you feel his presence now more than even in that moment. Looking through the blind, veiled eyes of Lorna, you can feel that you are just inches away from looking into the eyes of the Mariner himself. Kind of instinctually, maybe a little shakily, Jonnet draws his revolver and fans the hammer quickly, sending all four shots down into this crowd of mariners. And I think Jonnet's aim is really good, even at this distance. And all four shots are headed straight towards Lalorna. I think very quickly, she twitches her fingers and drowns sailors as though they were hit by walls of water. They move in front of her and she has to spend four of them. sending them right in front of her as the bullets impact all of them. Like, their chests explode. There's a mixture of rusty blood and seawater that spills out of them as they crumple onto the ground in front of her. 
and you can now feel anger in her eyes as she now moves with a contingent of only six drowned sailors over to the stairs. Again, looking like she is gliding across the ground. She moves with a strange uh, flowing movement, almost like a rag doll or a very talented ballerina gliding across the ground with very loose limbs, making her way to the stairs, uh, surrounded by her contingent of drowned sailors. You're going to need to take a, a dedicate a move action to uh, reloading that gun yeah. if you're going to use it again. But you have significantly bit into this force that was invading Upper Nordia with that. Can I say that like Janet does all of this like instinctually, but also there's a good amount of fear in it. So much to the point where he fans the hammer and he's hitting the hammer down. He's firing these shots. He doesn't even realize that he's run out of bullets a while, like several like seconds ago, but he's just still doing it because he's kind of panicking. And then yes. he notices it. And then he just like quickly, like he almost throws the gun away, but he remembers he just holsters it and gets ready for the next thing. That rules. Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter at, at @campaignpod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. You can find more great gaming shows over at oneshotpodcast.com. Like Neo Scum. Neo Scum is a narrative comedy podcast featuring five Chicago improvisers antagonizing their way through the role-playing classic Shadowrun. It follows a group of misfits and outsiders. Z, an acerbic cyber troublemaker, Pox, the candy junkie klepto from across the pond. Tech wizard, the public access actor with a petulant thirst for adventure. And Dak Rambo, the nastiest trucker this side of the Robo Mason Dixon. Join the irascible Neo Scum crew on a puerile rock and road trip through a weirdo world of tomorrow, doling out street justice to every deeb they encounter, whether they deserve it or not. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Travis Matago was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs, or on his podcast, Dilettante Ball. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG, or on my other podcast, One Shot. The original music featured in this production was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find Arnie on Twitter at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. And you can find more of his work at atptunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, spelled C-A-S-E-Y-P-O-N-E-Y. Or on his own podcast, Neoscum. 
Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. The world of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. The game used in this production is a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system that was created by a talented group of game designers who were fired by a private equity firm owning Fantasy Flight Games. There are no kings. Take flight, heroes. Strangers who've ever been kind, and once for our friends ne'er to rise. Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind, who know we can never deny the call of the sky. <laughs>